Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Actually, it's Lucas Vigen who is our guest on number 75 of the Culture Matters podcast. Who is Lucas? Lucas has been writing guidebooks for Lonely Planet since 2002, mostly specializing in Latin America. He lived in Guatemala for a little over 10 years, publishing a magazine and working with local NGOs, and is now based in Melbourne, Australia, where he will do the interview from as well. A bit of a uh, note in the margin or a word of warning. If you're watching this on uh, on YouTube, you'll actually see that there are um, quite a number of freezes in the uh, in the connection. And if you're listening to this only in the podcast, then also my apologies because somehow the connection is is really um, is, is not that good. In the beginning, it's it's even worse than towards the end of the interview. As a matter of fact, the call dropped once, so we had to reconnect. Although that's been cut out as uh, as as good as possible, uh, but nonetheless. So apologies for the uh, audio connection um, and video connection. It's a good interview, uh, content-wise. It's just that you have to bear with us in terms of um, the, some of the technical hiccups. All right, let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at the Culture Matters podcast. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning, Lucas. Or well, I'm going to say good morning, but I don't think it's good morning where you are, is it? No, that's right. I'll be saying good evening. Good evening. Can you tell us more or less what time it is at your, where you are? It's about seven o'clock at night. Seven o'clock, seven p.m. All right. Recording time here is uh, is nine a.m. or nine o seven a.m. If I look at my my clock, which is pointed right there. Um, so there's big a big time difference between where I am and where you are. That means you are partly on the other side of the world. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you come from, uh, where you're now, and what would be your cultural frame of reference, if that makes any sense? Ooh, that's that's a big question. That, that is a lot time. of questions. Um, yes, we have we have a lot of time to fill with this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Um, okay. Well, uh, my name is Lucas. Uh, I was born in Australia, and uh, I spent most of my um, early years in Australia. And uh, I guess the reason why I'm here is because um, after you know doing lots of different jobs and stuff, I ended up working with Lonely Planet, who is a uh, at the time they were a guidebook publishing company and now are in the content creation business it's a minor distinction that they like to make yeah. uh, and so uh, yeah I started doing that about 15 years ago and um, and in the course of that uh, so to, to have a minor a minor technical glitch when it comes to connection here at Lucas. Uh, yeah, uh, so I was uh, I started working with Lonely Planet about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, during that time I ended up living in Guatemala in Central America for about 10 years. Yeah, and uh, a couple of years ago I, I came back to um, to live in Australia. Okay, and currently you are in Australia at this moment. 
That's now, correct. Now, yeah. that's a big country as well. So which part of Australia would that be more or less? Melbourne. Uh, in, in Melbourne. Okay. The, the uh, city. Yeah. That's uh, if you, um, like if you, if you haven't been to Melbourne, you haven't seen Australia. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So you're on the far east side of uh, of the country and in the south mm -hmm. as well. So I'm yeah. particularly excited uh, at this time of the recording because we're recording this um, February 7 and um, 2017. That is for if you're listening in the future. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. particularly excited because I, I was I, I could use you actually as my personal guide to Guatemala because in two days I'll be going there myself to, um, okay. to study some extra Spanish, which I do okay. as a hobby on the site. I won't do that though. I bought I, I bought the book that you uh, wrote on Guatemala, so I'm going to read that when I'm flying. So uh -huh. you've you've been doing this for 15 years, writing for Lonely Planet, as and I yes. think anybody who has set any foot outside of their own country has heard of Lonely Planet as a you call them content creator. So I think it's it's mm. a very well known um, organization. How how do you roll into that? I mean, do you have to have a particular cultural background or like experience in order to become a writer like this? Um, lots of the writers do. Uh, there was um, there was a time, Lonely Planet. I don't want to go into the yeah whole history, but a people started the company. And uh, and they got their hippie friends to go off and write books, and uh, a little by little the the company became more professional and started looking for more professional writers. So uh, around that time, the uh, uh, um, you know some kind of connection with the place that uh, that you were writing about, and so uh, that's kind of how I I ended up gravitating towards Latin America because I studied through the I'd. Uh, Traveled through the region previously, and uh, you know, really enjoyed it. So that's where I ended up. Okay, so it, it it's I don't think anybody really uh, uh, by choice ends up in the profession that they are. You sort of you sort of end up there. You roll in there. You you find yourself holding a pen or a typewriter or a computer, you know, and then you find you actually I'm writing. I am a writer. That's not what I chose for per se, you know, when I was a little boy, because everybody wants to be an astronaut and a pilot and stuff. And then you end up being a pilot, a, a, a writer there. What's what's the yeah. um, uh, particular interest in, in South America? Um, because Asia would be possibly, being Australian, the obvious first stop to go to, or, or is that is that a stereotype that I'm putting on you there? The connection is is, is really... Um, Sorry, Lucas. It's it's the uh, it's the connection that is that is failing us uh, on and off, and sometimes there's a good flow, and sometimes you're you're stuck. So my question is, why South America or Central America and not Asia? Ah, um, yeah. Well, that's that's the question that my mum had as well, because uh, you know Asia is uh, is a lot closer to Australia, um, and I don't I don't know really. Uh, I, I mean, I've travelled through Asia and and I liked it, yeah. um, but it just it just never really connected with me in the same way that Latin America did. You know, and I really I really enjoy uh, almost every part of of Latin American life. Uh -huh. And um, while the the countries in themselves are all quite different, uh, the the sort of Latino culture is is something that. Uh, that yeah, just struck a note with me, you know, much more so than the Asian culture, which I still like, just not as much. Yeah, I, I can very much relate to that. It's um, I've, I've traveled some through South America and Asia as well, and um, 
It's just every time I, I put on a, a Latin song, it's it's like a like a party in a box, you know. It, it's a party in four minutes or something like that. It starts out really slow, and then, then there's a it's just, it becomes a party. So that's what I think, at least. Um, the rest of the household can't stand my Latino playlist on Spotify anymore, but that's it's a good thing I got headphones there as well. Um, so uh, talk about culture and and you being Australian. Um, so you travel through the continent. How would you compare? Or what would you indicate as being differences between? Australian culture, the culture that you grew up in, and, um, and well, South American culture or Latino culture, if you could summarize that whole chunk of continent together. Mm, um, I, think, uh, I think part of what really attracted me to Latin America was... Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting cliffhanger because <laughs> the answer is in the... In- so you have to track, backtrack a little bit. It's it's okay. I hope the audience doesn't oh. mind. It's the uh, you got cut off when you said the part that interested me in South America was, and that was the cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, let's. That's a good time to cut to a commercial break. True, yeah, true, um, true. Yeah, we don't do commercials here. So, oh, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I guess the thing that really attracted me to uh, to Latin America was uh, was a lot of the points of difference that there were. You know, there, there were definitely similarities. You know, because basically humans are all the same. Mm-hmm. But um, but the way that the um, the way that the culture is organized and the way that people interact uh-huh. um, is is vastly different to, to Australia and um, and I guess I guess you know Australia in a lot of ways is, is kind of like a European country you know like we share a lot of um, background like that and um, and we also share a lot of, um, of similar sort of characteristics you know in that uh, in that we're a very sort of um, we're, we're a kind of an orderly society you know we, we like to regulate things. True. You know? Yes, and um, and that was something that that I found very exciting in Latin America was that there wasn't a lot of regulation, and you know, and while while there was an order, it's not an order that is immediately obvious. You know, yeah. you, you have to kind of learn the way that things work. You know? Yeah, it's it's, so, an, it's um, an organized chaos in a way. It is. I mean, yeah, putting yeah. it mild, putting it in with all respect, of course. So uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. So and and it's, it, you've traveled through the area of, of South America as well, being Australian, because and I think the good thing, not the good thing, there's not really a good or bad thing, but you, <clears throat> if you're not an indigenous to the country, to the culture, you will see a culture through well through different eyes. You see it not per se um, objectively, but you see the oddities, the strange things, the things, the things that are really different from your own back, background, etc. Um, <clears throat> I think many many Europeans, at least that's my experience, and possibly maybe Australians as well, have no idea how enormous, how vast that continent is. It's, mm. I mean, you can fly for for three hours in one stretch over the, the 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 Amazon rainforest, and the only thing you see below is like like green, 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 green. Um, mm-hmm. So, could you indicate some of the differences within South America and Central America? Um. <clears throat> Ooh. Or part or uh, stuff maybe that you liked more. You like this there more. It's or, or there more. It's. Um, I find uh, if I can scale the question down a little bit and and just talk about Guatemala. Yeah. Um, 
the, uh, I thought that the really interesting thing about that place was uh, was the diversity and and that is all really um, it's all really quite rooted in geography mm-hmm. where you have uh, people who live in the mountains mm-hmm. uh, completely different to the people who live down on the coast yeah. and the people who live in the cities uh, completely different again to the ones who live in in the small villages mm-hmm. and so and so you have that and then uh, on top of that you have your um, your kind of you know socioeconomic levels which you, you have kind of everywhere yeah. um, and then you have uh, the the whole layer of, uh, of race which is um, which is something that people don't really take into account but is actually quite strong in Latino culture and um, and it um, if you wanted to generalize really broadly you would say that um, the the lighter skinned people are at the top and then it gets darker as you go down yeah um, and then uh, and then on top of economical that, prosperity right I mean that's that's linked to that and and oh, and, the, and the status that people have in their in their country yeah yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, mixed in with that is uh, is the problem of uh, a really you know social mobility is uh, it's basically non-existent. You know, if yeah. if you're born poor, then you'll die poor. You know, yeah. and if you're born rich, then you've got no problems. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then another layer on top of that is uh, is the whole um, the the question of uh, the indigenous um, Guatemalan indigenous Guatemalans are not one group. Right. There's twenty-seven groups. Yeah. Um, so, and all of those people have a history of dealing with each other that goes back before the Spanish arrived. You know. So. Yeah. So some of some of their fights. Have been going on for hundreds of years, and so um, and all of that history is uh, is not forgotten. You know? yeah. It's all very much alive. Um, or is it not that no, strong? I, no, it's not. It's not that strong. It it can get that strong, uh-huh. but there's definitely there's definitely mixing going on still. And I mean, like in in a small village, it's possible that that village will will not be just from one group, you know, there will be groups yeah. living side by side. And, and you know, to, to the untrained eye, it, it looks like yeah. they're, they're all the same people. It looks all know. the same, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and um, uh, as, as Mayan culture, because most of those groups are Mayans, and um, <clears throat> Mayan culture is, is slowly uh, dissolving, um, so... Uh, really, you know, one of the strong indicators is is the way that the women dress. You know, um, that's okay. that's a way to to distinguish the the cultural um, groupings. You know, yeah, and so I never you, really got. No, okay, I was just going to ask as well because you stayed there for ten years, um, and uh, me being a Dutchman myself, I'm living in mm-hmm. in Belgium, and uh, I've been living here for for the last ten years, and only now I can slowly distinguish the accents in the in the Dutch speaking part. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk like this, I, I know more or less you're from that area, and if you talk, talk something like that, then I know okay you're <laughs> from the other area. So how long did that take you to be able to somewhat distinguish? 
Oh, I, n- I never really got good enough to, to distinguish. I, I couldn't I couldn't really say. Right. Um, okay. I could I could tell people um, I could I could tell more or less like after about five or six years um, where like what broad region of the country people right. were from. Yeah. But uh, but I never got that good at, at you know picking people's um, you know uh, area original locality or yeah. Is, is, would you, it's, a, it's a question I thought of before actually doing the interview, and I don't prepare a lot in terms of questions because I like the free flow of, of you know, going back and forth. So, but this is a question that I thought of myself, and I, I've written it down here, and it says here, um, how does a non-indigenous person like yourself, in other words, you're not Guatemalan, uh, how would you write differently from if some, like writing a, a, the, the guide that you wrote about for Lonely Planet about Guatemala, how, how would you Yes. Write it differently from somebody who was or who is Guatemalan. Does that make a difference? Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's something that uh, that we struggle with a little bit. Um, there's um, <clears throat> uh, there was a there was a time within the company when uh, when an effort was made to to bring on more local. Um, you know, authorities yes. to, to write um, about, you know, about the the general sort of society. And, and you see that sometimes still, you know, you get um, kind of academic experts to talk about things like archaeology or mm-hmm. um, yeah. like a, a particular, you know, um, aspect of the society. Um, the reason the, um, the, I think the big justification for, um, for why, you know, foreigners come in to talk about mm-hmm. the country um, is because that's that's who's reading the book, you know, yes. foreigners. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a Guatemalan perspective on Guatemala is maybe not as useful as foreigners' perspective no. on how how to experience Guatemala. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I would ask a Guatemalan, what would I, what, what do I need to see? Then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, go to Puerto Barrio, Barrios, I think it's called, the, the, the coastal city, and Lake Atitlan, and that's it. Um, and, and, but you, I guess, you will find more. You as a, as a, well, an experienced writer for one, but also somebody who has lived there in the country for some time, but also looks at it from, with a different perspective, knows that mm-hmm. this and these and these are the gems, etc., that you should visit. That makes any sense. Um, if, yeah. Just, yeah. You want to say something else about this? Um, no, I guess. I guess the thing is that uh, that we bring perspective, you know, and yeah. um, and also uh, the the other thing is about a lack of bias, which is important and complicated. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's a fine line in terms of of an, uh, from an organizational perspective, of, which is Lonely Planet, which we're not going to talk about, um, but also you as a writer mm-hmm. trying to be as objective as possible, although, it, you know, implicitly that's impossible because you are who you are and you're looking at it through the eyes that you have. So that's, that's I guess, yeah. that's what it is. Um, I just want to um, uh, segue or sidestep to something else which I wrote on your, um, uh, or which I read on your um, uh, LinkedIn profile. You also started a company there. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. <coughs> um, I was running, uh, um, I started a magazine yeah. which uh, dealt with uh, culture and nightlife because the, the city where I was in was uh, 
very culturally active, lots of uh, university students and artists living there. Uh-huh. Um, the live music scene was very good and there was always something happening, but uh, but you never knew when it was happening. So, because uh, it's an organized chaos, as you said before. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I decided to uh, to write all of those things down and um, and yeah, make a magazine out of it. All right, and what what city was that, please? In Quetzaltenango. Quetzaltenango. Okay, that's in the south, right? South uh, Pacific side. Uh, no, it's up near the Mexican border. Ah, okay. But all right. Okay, fair enough. I, my geography of of the country is not that great. So how was how was uh-huh. that? Because I mean, writing about a country, living in a country, but then actually starting up a business. That's a whole different ballgame. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Were there frustrations? Did this really go easy? Were they I don't know, stuff like that? Just tell us, yeah. tell us good stories. Uh, no, it, uh, it, it was definitely a challenge. And, you know, and I'd never run a business before. So, um, so that was all like it was all new, you know. And, um, <clears throat> and there, was, uh, <clears throat> there was definitely a learning curve. And there was a lot of things that I knew about um, – Guatemalans that I knew it in a kind of an abstract kind of way, uh-huh. and um, and I kind of uh, and a lot of those things got concreted. You know, can you, through, can you give an example? What did you what did you what did you think you knew and actually was actually true? Um, <clears throat> the um, Guatemalans um, have a, a different idea of time uh-huh. to uh, to uh, European culture. Oh, yeah. um, they um, Time is very sort of flexible to them, and um, and there's not a great sense of urgency. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, somebody can tell you that you know something will definitely happen today. When you know, you will both know that it's not going to happen today, and may happen tomorrow, or could <laughs> happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you well, deal maybe- with that? Don't you just, I mean, is there a point in time or, you know, that you say, okay, I, now I can, now I'm okay with this? Or, or, I mean, typically if you run a magazine, there must be something like deadlines and stuff because you're going to publication and distribution and, and all that, all the works. Is there a moment in time where you thought, okay, now I'm cool, now I'm good with this? But, or is it like, ha? Ah. This is on video as well. You should see my facial yeah, expression here. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I guess you, you learn little tricks like you know in in terms of um in terms of dealing with deadlines um I would never tell anybody the real deadline, you know. I, I would tell them that the deadline was a week before the deadline actually was. Right. And so so you know then you would have days built in, you know, for for the inevitable to happen because you know um some people were good and some people were terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to ask, are there, I mean, you must have bumped into, into, um, Guatemaltecas, I think, or Guatemaltecos, that, mm-hmm. who are, who do share the same sense of, of time that let, that you entered, your Australian sense of time, if that makes any sense. Mm. So. Yeah, definitely. And how how do they deal then with their, with their, with their countrymen who are, who are like, like flexible with the time? <laughs> um, I think, uh, they, they get frustrated, uh-huh. uh, but it's also, um, I don't know, like a, a flexible idea of time yep. is, um, it's it's a very good thing to have like a, a relaxed 
kind of way of life, you yeah. know. But uh, whereas a rigid sense of time is a really good way, is a really good thing to have if you want to get things done, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so generally speaking, those Guatemalans with the rigid sense of time were getting things done, you know. Right. And and it's one of there was a whole lot of things when I moved to Guatemala that. I loved about Guatemala because I was I was annoyed with them in Australia. Yeah. And 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 that was one of the things, you know, the whole approach to time, you know, because I was I was kind of sick of, you know, the like everything just being so you know, agenda wise. Yeah. All mm-hmm. everything planned. Four o'clock is four exactly. o'clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um and so um and yeah, you know, the the funny thing is is that, you know, after ten years, a lot of those things that I'd initially loved I, I was actually hating, you know, and um, and it was it was time to get out because, uh, you know, and this is this is a warning to all the expats out there. Once you start to hate the place where you live, yeah, just leave, yeah, just go. Don't be one of those ones that sits around complaining about it, yeah. you know, because they just ruin it for everybody. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, I was going. I, I would have liked to ask. I'm going to ask now, anyways, because it's maybe a more of a personal question. What made you sure. leave after ten years? Because after ten years, you know the ins and outs of how the country runs. You can, you can mm-hmm. stand on your own two legs, etc. You can run a company like you, like as, as you've done. So why, yeah. why leave? Why go back? Or why not move on? Um. Oh, I had to come back for uh, for family reasons. Okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was definitely. I was definitely ready to come back because, um, because yeah, there was like I say, you know, there was a lot of things that I, I disliked about Australia that, uh, yeah, the, their opposite I liked in Guatemala, and then I'd kind of come full circle, and and I yeah. wanted, uh, I wanted a little bit of order. I wanted some police around who would actually do something, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, just talking about that, the, what is the thing that you absolutely um, don't miss about Guatemala, and what is the thing that you currently now being back in Australia, and what is the thing that you do miss? Hmm. Um, I guess uh, the thing that I don't miss mm-hmm. is uh, is the it's not the poverty in itself, but it's it's everything that that comes with it, you know, the um, like the poor infrastructure, um, you know, the, uh, the educational possibilities, you know, the social mobility, um, the corruption, like all of that stuff, you know, yeah. it's all it's all bound up in the poverty. But, um, but so I guess to put it all under a broad banner, I would say, you know, um, the poverty because because yes. um, that's another nice thing about Australia is that you know we've got some money and we've got money to do extra things you yeah. know where um guatemala is you know has so little money and so much of that money gets you know siphoned off into bribes and, and scandals and you know all of that stuff that um that they don't really have money to do anything you know that everything's kind of falling apart a little bit there so um what is the thing that you do miss um, the thing that I do miss um, is um, part of, like, a huge part of Guatemala and Latin America in general, and probably uh, you know all countries that are, um, you know, I don't know what the 
current euphemism is, you know, underdeveloped or, you know, developing or okay. poor, the poor countries, basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is, <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, is that uh, the culture is revolves around talking mm-hmm. you know it's kind of that's entertainment for for a lot of people you know mm-hmm. and um, and so there's it's not necessarily a closeness but there's an idea that that person doesn't have to be your friend for 20 years for you to say hello and you know maybe have a chat because Having a chat is, you know, that might be the most fun that you have all day, you know. Yeah. Because they don't have all this other stuff we have that, you know, is our fun. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I miss a little bit because because um, in some ways Australia can be a little bit cold, you know. You, you talk to a stranger and, and they're like, mm, <laughs> what, yeah, what does this guy want? What do you want? Well, yeah. Why are you talking to me? I don't know you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, uh, let's, um, uh, the, the connection is slightly better, although it's still cracking up, breaking up, uh, here and there a little bit. So, um, and I'm looking at the time as well, the total recording. Uh, I think we're edging to close to like 30 minutes or something. Um, looking at the clock as well. So I, I'd, I'd like to move to, um, towards the, uh, uh, the end, the final, the two final questions. Uh, no, actually three final questions because one specifically for you is, um, I'll, I'll give you some time to think about this. So that'll be the final questions can you give us three tips to become more culturally competent so think about that just give this i'll give you some time to think about that uh and in the meantime what is the one thing that i should not miss as a tourist going to guatemala the one thing that what's sorry i, I missed sorry what is the one that. thing that i should not miss being a tourist going to guatemala ah okay i got your book i'll, I'll find the right. tip in the book anyways just <laughs> okay. tell me what page it is All right. Um, okay. So um, three things. I don't know if this is going to end up being three things or if it's all the same thing, but, um, but I'll, I'll try on that one. Um, I think to be to be more culturally competent. Well, I'm going to kind of answer it in a negative way. Uh-huh. So what not not to do? Right. Um, the the big mistake that I I see people making is um, not accepting a country on its own terms, you know, and um, and I don't want to point any fingers, Americans, but you have to understand that while your country is great, there's also great things about everywhere else and, um, and that, you know, everywhere is different and these guys have been doing it for thousands of years as well. So, you know, you've, you've got to open yourself up a little bit. You know? Okay. Um, a, a similar kind of thing is uh, is to be open to, to new things just in general um, because and you know I mean it's it's complicated because because uh, the world is is a little bit scary but but it's not that scary you know and like Talking to that guy who sits down next to you on the bus, nothing bad is going to happen. Uh-huh. You know? If you follow him down a dark alleyway, then yeah, maybe it's not yeah, yeah, okay. something yeah. bad is going to happen. But just just talking to him on the bus, you know, be be open because um, because there are 
they're interesting people, and um, and the stories that Guatemalans have to tell, their their history is amazing, and um, and even their recent history is you know it's quite quite remarkable compared to um, to you know the the relative calm that we've been living in yeah. you know for the for you know most of the last century. I like the idea. Talking to the guy next to, to you in the bus is not going to hurt you. So that's a that's a very concrete and very strong one. Yes. And yeah. you got a third one. Well, and then I guess the third one is uh, is related to that and that is that uh, that if you can learn something, learn something of the language, you know, because uh, and you don't have to be perfect because Every little bit that you learn, the people there will appreciate. And mostly, mostly Guatemalans are, are curious about foreigners because uh, let's let's call it um, okay. There's a lot of Guatemalans who go to the United States to work. If you take those guys out of the picture, yeah. Probably 99% of of the population has never travelled and will never travel. Yes. So their contact with the outside world is. Yeah. They'll they'll love that and they'll they'll help you as much as they can because you know um because yeah the talking is their thing you know and they'll they'll talk talk your ear off you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good good and stuff. And you'll learn some great things have a, a good experience all right excellent all right lucas um before we break up totally and uh, <laughs> have to reconnect again um yes. if people want to get in touch with you how can they do that um oh just all the usual stuff you know i'm on twitter and facebook and you know i don't know you can i guess you could write to lonely planet and they could send me stuff all right, I'll put in the link for your Twitter account because that's how you and I got in touch uh, in the end and your um, your Facebook page as well. Um, yeah, is there? I'm not a Twitterer, by the way. Like, I think I have about eight tweets to my name, but uh, but I do use it to you know yeah. talk to people. Yeah, you talk to me, so that's how we got connected. So that's uh, yeah. that's great. Thank you for that. Um, so the, the the personal question: What is the one thing that I should definitely not miss going to Guatemala? Um, well, Guatemala has the big three, which is Tikal, Antigua, and Lake Atitlan, uh -huh. um, which you know you you will definitely go to anyway. Um, I think uh, the maybe the thing that uh, the people don't do that they should is um, get out into the countryside, yeah. like and go and um, go and see you know some village life. Because, um, because you know, cities are all kind of the same. Like you know, Guatemala City is um, I don't know. It is what it is. Yes. But uh, and, and if if you've been there for like a year, then you know it's good to go and have a look. Yeah. But um, but there's so much else that uh, that's going on in that country, and um, and a lot of it goes on in the countryside. You know, it's it's a very rural population yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, I'll um, I'll get I'll catch a cab and uh, see where it'll bring me, or I'll talk to the guy who's next to me in the bus, and I'll, I'll get up and at a bus stop that I don't know, and then try and try to get back as well, and use an extra charge for my for my phone if uh, if necessary. All right, Lucas, um, it's uh, the the connection wasn't that great, so I hope as an audience that you stuck with us. Uh, also, very happy that you stuck with me, Lucas, um, through this uh, this talk, this podcast, video cast. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for writing the book. Um, you'll be with me uh, the whole flight uh, there I'll be re reading what you actually wrote there and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future Th thank you very much alright thank you Chris Take care. good talking to you bye okay bye bye all right, thanks, Lucas, for adding what you've added the last bit as well in terms of cultural tips If uh, for those of you who are visiting Central America as well and the uh, nice elaboration on the cultural aspects within that uh, relatively small country in that really vast continent, South America or America Latina. Um, this is the Culture Matters podcast and videocast. And if you like what I do with this videocast and podcast, of course, not taking the technical hiccups into account, I think you should actually subscribe. You can do that in iTunes and in Stitcher. Subscribe to this podcast. The more people do, the more visible it gets. And the more visible it gets, the more people will actually subscribe, like you should do as well. This was number 75 of the Culture Matters podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time with another interesting guest. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.